0: So, final score at Ashton Gate uh, yesterday, normally known as Black Saturday, the Saturday before Christmas. It certainly was a Black uh, Saturday for City because it's six home wins, home games without uh, a home, without a win. The final score, City 1, Stoke City 2. Joining me is uh, my regular contributor, uh, Ian. Ian, as per normal, a summary of the game in 30 seconds, please.
1: Last week I said it was a five out of 10 performance and a 10 out of 10 result. Uh, this week it was a five out of 10 performance and a five out of 10 result. If you can call losing five out of 10, you might, there might be people who say, well, actually, I think that's not out of 10. Um, even when we were a goal up, you felt we looked weaker to a man. I'm a bit fed up with seeing our team line up. With and we look six inches shorter and a stone and a half lighter to a man, right the way across the team. Um, inexplicable decision um, not to use Rob Atkinson, who we then threw under the bus, which as one of our contributors has already said, he's going to regret what he said. Um, and it was uh, uh, the same interview that we normally get uh, when we lose a lose a game. Yeah. Uh, it's the player's fault they're not in the side. It's not his fault they're yeah. not in the side. And he, he's picked he's put square pegs in round holes. All right. That's great if it works, but it's completely yeah. fired on him.
0: Well, let's get let's talk about the Pearson and well, I mean there's loads of threads. I know on Twitter and you said uh, or maybe yeah, you said you're gonna read out some of the comments on there. There's there's loads yeah. there's absolutely loads of comments on there. Um look, the starting lineup, um Viner coming in George Tanner left out, but the antic of Wyman at right wing back, and I'll call it another antic of uh, Andy King as a central defender, our ball playing other central defender being uh, Cal Naismith. And um, I mean, Ian, you don't normally change a winning side, but Zach is a better player than um, Zach is a better player than uh, George Tanner. In a in a three, he's he's earned his place in there. But then you'd argue that Atkinson, you know, our only threat from set pieces, what is it, three goals this season. He's a better defender than Andy King. So did that lineup surprise you, or maybe not so much the lineup, but the composition of the bench?
1: Well, both the the lineup surprised me. Um, I, I can't understand for the life of me why. Rob Atkinson's not playing. I can remember him having indifferent games. I don't think he's had many stinkers, and uh, Pearson could trust him when he he scored two goals against Preston uh, when we won a home game for a change. Uh, I don't know what what the crowd was yesterday unofficially, but it certainly be not be what was announced.
0: Um, well, it's interesting. And I said that before uh, you came on. We the I heard the crowd announced as nineteen six one seven. But it looks, yeah. it's on the BBC website now uh, as 15,617. And I would say it's more like it was 15 and a half thousand actually in there than 19,000. I think that's what you're alluding to there, wasn't it, yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a, um, when we went to a dinner, we, you weren't at that one, Dave, but we had a talk from the security officer who actually does a very interesting presentation telling you things that are good to know, like they can evacuate the ground completely in eight minutes. And that's the rule, and that's the reason it's eight minutes, which seems a bit of an odd time, is that's the time it took the stand to completely burn down it bradford right uh, but the the interesting thing was the Preston game where the crowd was given out at seventeen thousand six hundred or something like that, and it was actually eleven eight
0: seriously so, uh, yeah. yeah
1: so what what is given out is tickets sold, so basically if everyone bought a ticket and no one turned up, so you've got all your season tickets. ticket holders, say,
0: so I'll give this one a miss. And the away it fans... Would they still it, count. They'd still count.
1: They'd still count. they still give the crowd out at 19,600.
0: There we go. Anyway, let's delve, let's delve into the action. It was a pretty flat opening. You know, I was sat there, bloody cold. I mean, it was getting it was certainly towards the end of the first half. The temperature must have dropped a few degrees, but, 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 but City did raise their game. I mean, Stoke were... Oh, God, you know, it, it was, as somebody said on Radio Bristol, it was a bit like watching paint dry. Certainly the first half hour it was the first 25 minutes. But City got going. And uh, I've got uh, recollections from the game. Not recollections may vary. Where have we heard that one before. I've got a good shot coming in from uh, Alex Scott that was saved. But Ian, on the half hour mark, that one-two between Wells and Viman and I've looked at that several times now, that shows what City can do. And you can't say that was Vyman acting as a wing-back. That was Vyman playing in the position that maybe he should be uh, playing. And we'll talk about more about that later. But that was a cracking chance to take the lead, wasn't it?
1: Well, it was. And he's he hit the post and no-one was following up. Scott's shot... Oh, if, if that was my keeper, I'd have been disappointed if he didn't save it. Um, and But you're, you're picking out... Highlights and I would say you could probably do a five minute highlight rule of the uh uh, highlight video of the good bits that we did. Yeah. Um, and then you could probably do the first 15 minutes were completely error strewn. We couldn't control the ball, we couldn't pass.
0: Unforced errors, yeah.
1: Unforced errors, we were too slow, our tempo was down, and I'm afraid it's the same old stuff. As Bristol Delboy says on Twitter. And I quote, another frustration, Nigel, is how on earth you're still in the job. No progression going backwards and sleepwalking into League One. We have no money. Only option is to change the coaching staff and get more out of the squad. Square pegs, round holes, selection yet again. So, you know, we get criticised on here, uh, me particularly, for being critical. So uh, Dan Morgan asked, what's going on behind the scenes? Um. Uh, sounds like LJ did after most games. Talks the same old well, crap. Somebody, somebody
0: said. Somebody said it's sounding a bit like SOD well, me, because when he. You go.
1: Let me finish this one. Uh, Nigel, you pick the team. You train the team. Something isn't right. Once again, we are struggling. If you don't fit the mold, then off you trot. Two years coming up, and still shit. That was from uh. We always eat. We always eat cheese. Um, so <laughs> well, the,
0: it's eighty games now that he's had, and he's lost forty three of them. And I put that stat yeah. down to Mark. Cundra. Let's stick with the let's stick with the match action. What match action there was, and I said um, earlier, uh, just in the warm up, I said I thought, and I put it on Twitter as well when promoting this um, live recording of the podcast. I put uh, amidst everything, there were some good individual performances, and I said about Zach Viner, I thought Cam Pring did well. And I thought Naki Wells did well. And look, on 33 minutes, we took the lead. And Cam Pring did what Jay Silver never does, but he he really dummed he dummed their fullback. He looked as though he was going to lay it back to Scott and then put in a burst of speed. And Naki came in. I mean, that's Naki's eighth goal of the season. And you're looking at that, that goal, and then I looked at the league table and I'm thinking, Trams, we're only four points off the bloody playoffs. You know, but the goal was a good one, wasn't it, Ian? And City just about deserved to be in front at that time, didn't they?
1: Yeah. If you, in that passage of play, in the passage of play around the goal, had we, had we got the second goal, and, and you're into, you know, if you're anti ad you know what, she would be your uncle. Yeah. Um, that that time, um, you, you looked okay, and you thought we need to get the second one while we're playing better. We need to do that, and. and we, we could have done it with that. That was fantastic football, the Wells-Vinemen moment, and it showed we've got players who can play. What I see in the team is a huge lack of football intelligence, and I see that amongst the coaches as well. And they might have had 300 years in professional football between them. I don't care. You've got two small guys, slight guys, up front, Okay. Uh, Tommy Conway got beat up yesterday because they kept playing the ball in the air with his back to goal and the players were coming through him from the back. Now, can I just say the referee was the worst one I've seen this season. oh
0: yeah. Awful. Yep.
1: Jeff awful referee. But I'm... Um, uh, I, I'm not going to blame the defeat on his appalling refereeing because he was the same referee for Stoke and his lack of control of the game you know somebody goes through behind don't get a booking don't really get a warning somebody says something to him he books them so he is let's put it out there the referee was absolutely appalling and i rarely if people listen to this podcast they'll know that i very rarely um listen to um very rarely criticize referees in fact I'm more likely to praise them than criticise them. Um, yeah, but
0: when well, you notice a referee, you notice a good referee when when you don't talk about them. And pretty much, I would say the vast majority of games during lockdown, we didn't notice the referee. And I would say most of the games this season, most maybe not the majority, but a lot of games. It's not been so bad. The referees have been allowing <clears throat> have been allowing the game to flow. And what you said about Conway, absolutely right. He was getting no protection at all. And back there, you know, you had Phil Jagielka, who's got to be about ninety two now. Yeah, I mean, is yeah. he turned forty? I don't know. And then this lad, Suter. I mean, yeah. was it was it say, was it right to play Conway and Wells up front? Well, you could argue yes, if you play a style of football along the ground that turns those defenders rather than letting them just stand there and pick the ball up, yeah?
1: You need, yes, you need to play down the channels, play in behind and get them on the ball facing goal where they'll do damage. Now, if you'd have said to Harry Suter, played for Australia in the World Cup, where do you want the ball, Harry? Because you've got Naki Wells up front and uh, Tommy Conway. Well, can I have it uh, about a foot above their head, please? And can you keep doing that for 90 minutes? all right please don't please don't put the ball down the channels between me and jaggy Alka because we're a bit slow and please don't don't um play threaded passes like the sort of stuff that wells and Vyman played to create that opening um so it, it's you know there's some real. i mean you you've got people who i would say criticize for criticizing's sake um and then you, you get people who are factually accurate in their criticism. I can I can like Mark Carter, I can put up with I can put up with that. You get people who say, Well, you couldn't do any better, which is stupid. Uh you get people, well, who are you gonna pick as manager then? Well, I'd pick one of the managers that the last eleven teams that have changed their managers have picked. Managers are out there. One thing this club will never be sure of, I promise you, is a manager or a head coach. I promise you. Yeah. So one guy, I mean, Ricky Hodge says this morning, I feel like MP needs a bit more time. We are all sick of the financial fair play talk COVID hangover. MP has to do three simple things. Stop playing players out of position, play as best players when fit, and stop the anti-loan view. The loan market's the only way we will we'll improve at present. Now, I think, yeah. I think that's a very sensible way of, of, of looking at it. Because now, let's stick with Let's stick with it. Oh. Let's
0: stick with the let's try and get through the rest of the game because there's loads of stuff to oh. talk. And oh. there's a very good post on OTIB I want to bring out as well by somebody called Harry. I don't know if you're one of the listeners on here, Harry, but uh, talking about the goal and talking about lone players. I mean, I i was i i, I missed their equalizing goal because I was putting a tweet and saying just about deserve to be in front. And again, I've watched that a few times, as you said, Ian a long ball out of defense. King and Campbell hits Campbell on the back, drops to Man City Loney de lap. I got a feeling that might have been his eighth goal of the season as well. But as um, I think Richard Forrester said on uh, Bristol Live this morning, on uh, I read it from Twitter, you know, that ball that uh, King just got in all sorts, body position was all wrong. That ball is headed away by uh, Atkinson. And. Um, you know, it 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 was a bad a bad goal and a bad time to concede it because you go in at half time a totally different scenario, isn't it? Ian?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, had Wyman scored and uh, had Andy Wyman scored and had uh, they not got that equaliser, we'd have been a great place. But we, you know, we weren't. Um, uh, another comment, Twitter, uh, Rich Stevens, lacking any fight or gumption, very poor all round, and don't take us for fools, Nige. This is the same old, same old. Bullied by a big physical side again at home, yeah. and offered very little opposition. And please play players in their bloody positions. King isn't the centre back now. It's not. It, there are something like sixty replies to that. Um, to to that po- that in, Nigel Pearson interview. Andy Saunders. You just hear him on Radio Bristol. What WTAF, We all know what that means. Just go, please. Just go now. You are are making me lose all interest in everything Bristol City. Please just go.
0: Yeah. And and that being the counter to I... that, the counter, the counter to that, right? Because you know all these comments that you're reading out are the sort of comments that we get pilloried for on here sometimes by certain people. You know who you are. um You know because we're being negative, and these, you know, anybody that says that, look at a league table right? And had we won, we'd have been four points off the playoff. There's half a season to go, right? You know, and we've got a transfer window coming up as well. There's lots that can can be done. Let's just wrap up on the game, if we can. Sorry, because everything you've said with the contents of what people have said on Twitter is relevant. But the knee jerkers are out there, and they'd be saying that, you know, if it was any manager in charge, yeah? But I think Pearson's not helping himself, and that's what we want to talk about when we finish doing the game. But look, the second half, Ian Stoke came out. They, you've said about players being bigger than us. I mean, our players, you know, we don't look on it sometimes. And, you know, James was anonymous yesterday. James was anonymous yesterday, and I think I read somebody's somebody who's tactically more adept than I am was saying that with Matty James... They played him. He had a man marker on him. I don't know who that was. Williams, the, 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 Williams that we thought we were signing, uh, you know, and we waited basically two and a half years to get a run in the side. Yes, he got battered and clattered yesterday, and probably was injured. But you know, he didn't offer much. And Scott, right? He's another one of our stars that that shot apart and a couple of other things he disappeared right and if you'd have said at the start of the season we'd have had a midfielder joe williams alex scott and matty james everybody would have said well on paper that looks good but anyway that's that's by the by the goal that proved the uh, decisive goal um is it tyrese campbell i think it was beats naismith puts a ball into the middle king stubs it it rolls in front of james he doesn't close brown down quick enough and that's uh, that's 2-1 i mean Bad goal to concede, bad defending. I mean, was it unlucky that, you know, King stubbed his foot, it looked like, and then and then um James couldn't get it away? Your thoughts on what proved to be the winning goal? Uh
1: it was bad goal. And we had plenty of opportunities to clear <coughs> the ball as we did with the first goal. Um but unfortunately we couldn't uh we couldn't clear it. We've got a the, the lack of quality shows up in one stack. Fourteen shots, five on target.
0: Mm.
1: That that tells you everything you want to know. It was, if you look at the stats, it was quite an even game. We had more shots on target than they did, although I can't really remember many. I can't remember three
0: three corners each. Eleven fouls we conceded, seventeen they did, and what have you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, look. Do you think? Do you think in the the latter part of the game we did have various chances? There was a squawk for a penalty. We know we're never going to get one. Uh, and then there was that great cross that um, Naki Wells did from the right-hand side, yeah, just needed a touch. Um, in fact, the team that almost got the, the fourth goal of the game was, was them when it was a clear hand ball on the edge of the box right in front of the referee that he let go and then Campbell sprinted. Uh, the person behind him could have taken one for the team but elected not to, and then Campbell blasted it over the top. But did City do enough, create enough that with better finishing, might have got an equaliser. Did they do enough to deserve a share of the spoils at the very least? Or do you think that result was just one of those days that again somebody put on somebody put on here it was not about take away their two goals and it wasn't a bad performance against a very uninspiring Stoke City team?
1: Uh, no, sorry. I'm not having that. It, it wasn't. I mean, our some of our passing was appalling, particularly in, in that first 15 minutes, we went out there asleep. So I'm not having it was a decent performance. Not at all. Like I said, five out of 10 performance, you know, contentiously somewhere between nought and five out of 10 result. We didn't get any points. Mm. Could, if we'd have got a draw, would it have been a, a um? What's the, right, what's the right word I'm looking for? Uh, would it have been completely unfair on Stoke? No, it wouldn't. I think a draw no. might, have been, might have been a fair result because both teams were poor. I don't think they were. They were. I don't think they were any good. They just took their chances. Did we create clear chances that that no. their keeper needed to save? We didn't no.
0: test the keeper. We didn't test the keeper. I don't no, even have a decent save goal, to make. Apart from the goal,
1: which I mean, Naki put in from about three feet. Uh, a yeah. great cross by Campring and that's what you want more of from him. but you're not going to get the wing backs high up the pitch um in unless you're dominating the ball. Yeah. And and because they're too worried to go for is it, and say, oh my God, if I if I go racing out the pitch, the, the, the left winger is going to be in or they're going to play the ball in where I should be. And and I don't see if you look at the players we've got available, you close up was available Okay, and I I had a um, a chat with somebody who's given me some good information in the past, and he reckons there's a, a deal going on with Portsmouth at, at uh, Christmas or January. Oh,
0: closer, closer.
1: Yeah, um, mm. that maybe it's like all things, you're maybe right, maybe wrong, but there are certain people I'd listen to and certain people I wouldn't, and he's one of the ones I would. Um, so you've got um, the. Uh, sorry i've lost my thread there going on to that
0: what were we That's all right, about? Ian, don't worry listen don't worry look all i was going to say is alex Neal is a bit of a see you next tuesday i mean he certainly knows how to do us over because he's done it twice this season and he always uh seemed to uh, have the upper hand when he was at um preston uh as well anyway we all trudged away from the ground in the freezing cold it was bloody cold i mean i think i left in the uh third uh minute of uh Added time added on you know I was waiting to hear that distant cheer as we maybe got an equalizer as you do, but it was really cold um and then we get to the press conference before we do that before we talk about the press conference um and what he said because this is the biggest bone of contention um I'll just pick what did you think of Naismith yesterday Ian? let's look at some individual performances i think I think he's got to be in midfield sorry he's yeah,
1: not. I'm, I'm- I'm beginning to come round to that way of, of thinking. Um, dep- I suppose <laughs> the answer is it depends who you've got fit. But I, I think I mean James in a, you know, possibly switch to a a four two three one or a 4-5-1 when you're defending. But I him mean him and James as two holding players, yeah, particularly yeah. away from home, might work. Um, I don't think he had a great game yesterday. I don't think he was awful.
0: But um no, I don't but there was all this tippy tapping around, wasn't there? I mean we were doing triangulation no at give. the back
1: there's no one to give the ball, Dave.
0: that's no. the problem.
1: It's all right saying play out from the back. You will have somebody to play the ball to. and our midfield are you know if you go through it all, there's just no pace
0: there no and yes do you extend have... that do you extend that criticism to uh, Alex Scott as well then
1: yes. Yeah, I don't think for a player of his undoubted ability, nobody's saying the kid can't play football. But you've got to look at things like how many goals has he got? None this season. How many assists has he got? Not many. And, and you've got to say, right, okay, what's he doing? Does, does, does he need, when you're playing, as, as we will with West Brom in the Millwall game, you're playing games in three or four days, will he, will he need a break? and perhaps you play the, the midfield three, but you, you put Vyman in there. We've got to get Vyman back up the pitch because yeah. you've got a guy that's got 14 goals in 20-odd uh, goals and 14 assists, and he's playing right wing-back. Now, that yeah. is just, that's, that's just a manager having a temper tantrum, it, especially when he's got two wing-backs on the bench, Sykes and Tanner. He's got, there's yeah. two there. What he, he, could really play. What he did,
0: he sort of did. He did push Vyman up with the quarter of the game to go. But then he took off. He it was difficult with the subs. Take off Conway or Wells. Yeah, bought Semenyo on with half an hour ago for Tommy, and Tommy had been battered, so that made sense. So you put Semenyo down the middle, putting pressure under Yagi Elka, you know, and played the ball in the channels. But Semenyo, you know, he he does not look like a World Cup player one iota at the moment. But then with 10 minutes to go, and actually 17 minutes to go, if you take the five minutes injury time, he takes off Naismith and puts Chris Martin on and then pushes um, Semenya out on the right. And Chris Martin, you know, milk turns quicker than him when he's running through the middle, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, from that uh, perspective. So bad substitutions again, wasn't it? Yeah?
1: Well, well, Chris is an ineffective sub. So I don't see any point in having... he is now. He is now. I don't see any point in having Chris Martin on the bench. Uh, so that's something else I'd change.
0: Um, when you could give Seb Palmer Holden a youngster who can't be any less effective than Chris Martin's been in the matches he's come on this season, you'd agree with that, Ian, wouldn't you? And yeah, Seb yeah. Palmer Holden being the only lump that we've got there in the whole he's club at the moment.
1: More, well, he's, he, hang on, he's a lot more in the lump. He's a good footballer. Uh, oh, and, right.
0: you know, I'm, I, that's unfair. That, Tall player. Yeah, he's a big, he's, a big, yeah. He's,
1: you know, he's a big lad um and uh he knows where the back of the net is um and he can run and, and this is you know we've made this big thing about the, the one criticism i'd have that i'd have of the club overall is how pleased it is with itself we we listened to richard gould um speaking and he was full of the academy and the hp women's football the club seems delighted with itself and we're In danger of going down now, whatever else happens, if the men's first team is doing brilliantly, um,
0: the club's doing brilliantly, everything's going well,
1: everything's going well, right?
0: Yeah,
1: we were top of the championship, no one would be criticizing Nigel Pearson, in fact, the reverse. Um, and uh, if we were, I mean, when we don't need to be top, let's just say. We were where I don't know QPR, Preston, Preston R, something like that. You know, you, you look up there, you've got Preston who haven't got any money, you've got all who haven't got an owner, and they're still trying yeah. to find it. And they are Preston, Birmingham, Millwall are seventh, eighth, and ninth.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Now I discount clubs with parachute payments, right? Yeah. So yeah. As it stands, the top six, five of them – no, sorry, four of them have got parachute payments. But Blackburn haven't spent a fortune,
0: right? No, they don't draw any matches, do they? Because what's their record now? 13 wins, no draws, 10 defeats, yeah? So – which was us a few years ago because we had this problem drawing. But, Ian, again, fine margins trying to take a balanced view. You know, you just mentioned there uh, Millwall, Preston and Birmingham, yeah? Well, they're 7th, 8th and ninth. yeah? If we'd Whoa. have if we'd have won yesterday, if 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 if, yeah, but we'd have been within a point of them. so it just shows how close this division is. but equally then, it shows that this season a team is likely to go down with 50 something or 59, 49 to 53 points, a team could get relegated, and we're at the halfway hmm. stage of the season now, yeah. And if we'd have won yesterday, I'm using that favourite word of mine, extrapolate 30 points, 60, that guarantees you probably 11th down to about 13th would be 60th. And I 60 points. And that is sort of where we are. But, you know, if we lose to the baggies – well, if we fail to win any of our next three games, I think we could be in the bottom three come New Year's Day. I really do. Now, knowing City, they'll go – we always – I can't remember the last time we had a Boxing Day game. But, you know, we we can turn it on. And if we go and get – and we go and beat West Brom and then we win one or draw one of the next two – yeah, if we do win, drew, draw, lose in the next three games and beat Swansea in the cup, it's sort of like happy days, isn't it? But we're we're lurching and this is – you know, if you look at, I'm, I'm not reading any of Dave Fev's quotes on there, but Dave sort of says, you know, we're reacting to individual games. Yeah, we do to some extent because we were praising things from winning last week. But look, the fact of the matter is, Dave, we haven't, uh, you know, yeah. we're six home games without a win now. yeah, And I think it's what, three wins in the last 14 games in total. Yeah, that is not a good place uh, to be at all. Is it really? And um, you know, it's um, somebody's put on here. Was it uh, somebody? Said, Jesus! Only a few games ago, you said, "Let's go back to WSM up front." Desperation, yeah. Uh, we have the same number of points as this stage as last season. Yeah, I think we've got five goals more and conceded three more, or something like that. Yeah, a relegation battle looms unless we can do stuff in uh, in January. Let's. Uh, I want to read something. This is. An interesting post that caught my eye from Harry on uh, Otim, And I think, you know, a lot of what he says here uh, it, it makes sense. He said, I'd happily take 21st position this season and simply just get through it to survive. We've been saying that for the last three years, funnily enough. Given all the factors that are against us, wouldn't it be good if he adopted Circle the Wagons' approach? I don't actually have any problems at all with our overall league position, nor actually how we performed in many matches. But I'm beginning to have a problem with Nigel continually calling out players. He's done that for three th- seasons now, constantly moaning about lack of professionalism. Surely it would be better if all concerned, if you, know, you put up the barriers and create a strong mentality and fight for 21st place, because we didn't show fight yesterday. And then he goes on to say, this was the main bit of his post, the Radio Bristol journalist had the perfect opportunity and didn't take it. I think the journalist was Ali, Ali Durden yesterday. And, and, uh, and Nigel said, and this was his sodism along the lines of, you're not asking the right questions. So the journo asks, why isn't Atkinson in the squad? I trust other players more. Why didn't he follow up on this? Why don't you trust Atkinson? Or what has Atkinson done to put your trust in an attacking midfielder by trade? What would Atkinson need to do to gain your trust? Why was Tanner not considered instead with Viner to play centrally instead of a midfielder? What's happened to close? How far away is Callas? Why didn't you play Naismith Central, as you did most of the season so far, and put Pring at left-centre-back and bring in De Silva? So many follow-up questions, and he asked none. Poor journalism. I mean, that's a, a, a criticism that's often levelled at the, 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 the people who ask the questions, but they don't ask anything too controversial. Otherwise, they'll get frozen out. But let's focus now, Ian, on that comment about Atkinson. and It was classic throwing under the bus. And that, you're not asking the right questions. Those two things alone are pretty bloody awful. And if you're sat there as chief executive of a club, and I know he's leaving, but chief executive, you're thinking, my manager's not helping himself with these comments, is he? So your thoughts on the, that little the rant of mine there, Ian?
1: Well, going back to the post, I completely disagree with the premise that it started with, but I'd be quite happy to finish 21st this season. and. Because we say that too often. This club is steeped in on-field mediocrity. Steeped in it. Our fans, many of them, embrace mediocrity. And they call it progress. And they call it some form of success. It isn't. It's like saying, well, if we can stay in the championship this season, what kind of attitude is that? Comparing the tracks... Compare and contrast with Bournemouth and their owner who's just sold the club. Is it Max Daming? Fourth division yeah. to the Premier League and stayed there. Didn't and spent anything like what what we've done getting there. Nothing like. So I disagree with the first premise. He's perfectly And the one
0: time we did spend it, in, oh, the one time we go, did go, spend it. Sorry, the one time we did spend. Which summer 2018 look at the mess that got us into okay
1: so the second part calling out players completely agree with him it's the wrong thing to do in public that needs to be said in private okay i agree about uh the interviews um and all the rest of it uh somebody criticized dave barton um look, dave barton criticizes or asks a difficult question and loses his job
0: um the guy do you think the board is a to to pearson do you think do you think no do you think they're they're frightened to sack him now because he's just got you know he he just seems i just don't like his attitude you know yesterday it's it's never his bloody fault or why doesn't he wheel out fleming or um yule to give us a different slant on defeat, because Lee Johnson did that enough times with Jamie McAllister and uh, and, and such like, didn't he? Um, Cox used to do it. I can't remember who Cox's assistant was, but um, who was Cox's assistant? To, don't care. Um, uh, going back to
1: uh, mentality, circle the wagons, we haven't got the players to do that. We're not strong. We're not strong mentally. We're not strong physically. Okay, now you can have a little person this strong mentally and physically you know we've had players in the past, not great footballers, but people like Steve Galliers, who was five foot four and he' tackle an elephant and gets stuck in it and that sometimes lifts the crowd yeah um, but we haven't got the mentality at the club to do that now these players that he's thrown under the bus and criticizing, can you remind me again who signed them who signed Rob for one point yeah. six million. From yeah. Oxford, right who signed tim closer and then gave him an extended contract in the summer
0: no now, yeah so it's
1: like it's like me running a plant business and the and and, and the owner says to me well look here, we we you know we've got some problems here and i say well yeah but we've got all this plant and it's crap and he says well hang on who bought it and well the fitters aren't any good well who employed them well well, well i did and i bought the plant it's your fault then, isn't it? Is there no good? And and, and, and the plant's useless? Well, well, yeah, I suppose it is, really. So is this, is this... I mean, is attitude okay if you're top of the table?
0: And yeah. in the end,
1: that's what got him out of Leicester, that in the nonsense that went on in Thailand. But that's what got him out of the club. At Leicester, the owners just got fed up with this brusque, um, I know what I'm doing, um, you know, because it, the obvious question is like running a business and losing. Look at the money we lose. Yeah,
0: I'm
1: not blaming I'm not blaming Pearson for that for a second, but I, I'm saying that you know, oh yeah, we're and we've been told what were we we told for years. It's a sustainable
0: club. Yeah, yeah, and it's and not the, And the, and the, and, and, not the happy, and the happy and the happy clappers in the happies the happies say. Oh, Pearson's had to clear so- Sorry, Dave. The Pearson's had to clear up a mess and he inherited a load of shit. Well, Managing you know, H- Hanoa Masengo isn't a shit player, but the managers decided he's not going to get the value out on the pitch with him. Now, yeah, okay, but- Hanoa Masengo for me wouldn't get in ahead of William Scott or James, any of those, to be fair. Yeah. But, you know. <sighs> It's, as you say, 60 million, 60 million quid, nearly 70 million quid lost over two years. We had the year where we made 19 million profit, but then the years prior to that, you know, were 20, 18, 20 million pound losses as well. And it's funny. I thought it was the 20th of December today. Yeah. And I was going to say five years on from Man United, but I watched that last night uh, the two and a half minute highlight of Man United, which is five years ago come Tuesday, even though it was on a Wednesday, but that's mm-hmm. by the bye. And we have gone backwards. we would not advanced, and we did a little bit of splashing the cash in t- summer of 2018 when the players that got us to the edge of some semblance of progress went. We bought, we replaced them with better players. Yeah, Adam Webster came in. Obviously, I would say a better defender than Aidan Flint. You know, and on paper you'd think Jada Silver was no worse than uh, than Joe Bryan. But, you know, it's just it's quite depressing the last five years, Ian, isn't it? On every level. Because, you know, we're we're we are in danger of going down unless we pull some out of the bag, aren't we?
1: Well we are. I mean if if we are on course, if you want to call it that, to get fifty four points. Now fifty four points would probably, even this season, keep us up, and as I've said quite a few times it's uh, this season would have been our best chance of getting promoted because the division is so tight and the teams in it are so poor. Yeah, uh, compared to other seasons when you know you've had a couple of outstanding like, teams who've run away with it, you've got a huge number. This this is not um, a great level this season, no. and we saw that yesterday and we saw it last week. So. I don't want to hear, uh, it's a difficult league because the teams are bang average, most of them. You know, they're, they're Burnley, Burnley are a good side. There's no two ways about it. They're probably the best team I've seen this season, but they should be. They've just come down from the Prem. But they went out and they could have said, well, Deutsche's got us up um, before he'll do it again. But no. They got rid of him at the end of the season. They knew they'd probably go down. They brought in Vincent Company, who's done a, yeah. a fantastic job of turning a side that was known as being very direct, very workmanlike, very hard working, into a decent football team. Um, yeah.
0: Now, here's an interesting one about here's an interesting one about let company. Point, yeah, go on. let, let me finish this point. Every manager in Eric's
1: dross, or, or or let's put it a better way. Every manager player players that he doesn't rate, he doesn't want. Mm. Okay. Now, every manager has to do that at every club. You don't go into a club normally when they're 15 points clear at the top of the league as a new manager. Right? Mm. That, that, you know, tell me when that happens. So that isn't the case. You might take over a more or less successful Premier League club. Let's say the manager gets the England job and he goes to do it. And then you go there and take over somebody decent. But nine times out of ten, uh, particularly in the championship, you're struggling like mad. Now, if you look at what's happened at West Brom since Corbyn's gone in, they, they were bottom of the league. They looked like they going down. Christ, we went up
0: there and beat them 2-0. Yeah. And
1: they're, they're now 16th.
0: And, and I got- think they're going to make a run for the playoffs, aren't they? You know, that's what you would say. They're all, because they've got the players. Look who scored for them yesterday. You know, he's got a tune out of a bunch of players that clearly didn't like playing under Steve Bruce, who would, probably would have come down whoever was in charge. But you know, their their flat approach. You know, they. I know a few baggage fans. You know, and they couldn't stand Bruce, so he's gone, and this guy is getting a tune out of them now. Um, I just want to backtrack very quickly. What you said about Vincent Company, somebody a chat to somebody at work the other day, and one of their. Um, pals his son is a under 18 player at Burnley and he plays to the under 21 sometimes and he said since um, Vincent company came and this is something that he learned from uh, company allegedly got this from Pep Guardiola um, he says he will not have any player turning out on the field for any team at this level if their body flat their body flat fat percentage this isn't BMI this is their body fat percentage, is above 12%, yeah? And this person said, and you look at the way Josh Brownhill's playing now, they play at a pace, and intensity. And one of the things that some people have said about City yesterday was, we don't play with any verve. We don't play with the verve that Morocco displayed in the World Cup that took them all the way to the third, fourth playoff game. And do you... (laughs) Do you think our fitness levels, are, you know, is it fitness? Is it mental? Because we don't seem up for it in games in a way like other teams do. And Stoke didn't seem up for it yesterday, really. You know, and the only time we seemed up for it with that drive and passion was the move that led to the shot there at the post. And then I will say, obviously, the way Campering sent their fullback down a river and set up the goal. And then it was a great move that ended with the ball going out to Naki Wells and at pace, he hit a cross into the middle that if Semenyo got his head on it, it would have gone in. We don't have that passion and that pace. And where does that emanate from? Is this, is Bristol is a nice club and we're happy where we are and all the rest of it like that. Do you think that's what it is Ian? Because I bloody do at the moment. I think,
1: I think there's a bit of a laissez-faire attitude, but you know when I was talking about how poor the division is, I, I think it is, or i don't say poor, average, very average. Yeah. Where do you reckon we are in the current forum table? Current forum last over the last six games. I'll tell you, save time. We're
0: fourteen. Well, Let me have a guess. Uh, You're going to say you said nineteenth, did you? Yeah. No,
1: no, I said fourteenth. Christ.
0: Now,
1: yeah. If someone had told me that, I wouldn't believe it. Now we've got six points from six games, and we're fourteenth yeah. over the last six games. Now, if if you there's another form table over ten games. Let's let let's look where we are on that. Uh, now I've looked down the bottom, fourteenth over ten yeah. games. Ten games, won three, drew three, lost four. So you could look at that and say, what are you worried about? That's all all right. But yeah. it's the manner of the performances um, and the inconsistency. And someone said, where does the inconsistency come from? Well. The inconsistency comes from, I I think in some ways, you said, are we fit? Yeah, I think we're fit. We're still going at the end of games normally, um, and and we do battle. Are the players, somebody said to me yesterday down at the ground, I just don't think they're playing for the manager. Well, actually, I think they're trying really hard. And that bothers me more than anything, because if they weren't, you could just say, well, um, okay, lads, uh, we're going to give you a real good rocket, real good kick, cuddle, whatever it takes, and get them doing better. But I think what I saw yesterday in a lot of cases was a pure lack of ability. Now, there's nothing you can do about that apart from replace them. Okay, you can improve players with coaching, but you're not going to make them twice as good in in a week, no. or even 10% better in a week. Yeah. So, but if if you look at us, look at I mean, look at the last 10 results. Lost one, drew, drew, lost, drew, lost one, lost one.
0: Yeah. So not one lost.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 and there's a lot of clubs like it. I'm not saying we're the only one, and every, everything else is is peachy. If you look at the bottom four in that ten game form table, it's from twenty first down to twenty fourth. Is Wigan, Huddersfield, Cardiff, and Rotherham. Yeah. So my point is it's a close division because it's an average division in any side. If we could put a run together of four or five wins, then we'd be flying up the table and people would completely relax. Well,
0: and if we had won right. yesterday, that form table, we probably would have been about eighth. So this is absolutely right. We should not look at individual games because, you know, over the last two games, right, the last two games got three points right? So that's 1.5 points a game. Yeah, 1.5 points a game. So, you know, maybe, you know, Dave is right saying, don't look at matches individually, look at matches, look at the form in batches. And you've just done it in, you've done six games and 10 games. It's about 14th over a season. That's probably 58 to 60 points. So that's sort of maybe where we are. That is maybe where we are on that on that scale. So we're wrong to have a hissy fit. I think the main talking point about today was probably less the performance uh, and more throwing Atkinson under the back. because who'd have thought six months ago we'd be saying our first choice regular central defender uh, is, is Zach Viner. Yeah? I mean, you know, that beggars belief. And how does he bring Atkinson back into the team now? Because he said he does. This trust, Lee Johnson used to use that, and Gary Johnson used to use it, yeah? I'm just trying to think of any other managers that talk about this word trust, because that's clearly why he keeps playing King and James, isn't it, yeah? Let's move on at the transfer window, Ian. Um, you know, I can't see anybody coming in for Semenya now, can you?
1: I can't see anybody coming in for anybody. That's that's being completely honest. Um mm. None of our players are, are what I call catching the eye. And don't forget, you know, when he talks about, I'm not going to, you know, Masengo, there are people ahead of him. He loves using this phrase. So Masengo won't sign a new contract and he's out of contract.
0: So's is yeah. Jay De Naki Well, so's Nakiwell. So is Dan Bentley. So's Dan... And so's Thomas Callas. Yeah, but they're poor examples, Dave, because they're not actually in the team. Um Oh, Chris Martin's out of contract in the summer. Well, he's not in the
1: team either, Davey, but he is in the squad. Uh, so yeah.
0: you, you've got...
1: Look, we need... I think, looking at that side, we need three players. We need a spine. We need a right-sided commanding central defender that you'd probably play in the middle with Zach Viner on the right because I don't think Zach Viner's done much wrong. Uh, and then you can play Atkinson on the left, push Naismith into midfield if you want, or you play Naismith and leave Atkinson out, um, which, personally, I wouldn't do. Um, or So we need one of them. We need a, a commanding central midfield player. Uh, and I don't care if they're loans. I don't care if we buy them out of contract. Don't care, but they've got to be those. And, and we need uh, an upgrade on Chris Martin as a back-to-goal number nine. If we're going to keep punting it long, and we did yesterday for almost 90 minutes, and, we, and it's yeah. just, we didn't have the quality. We put in a couple of decent crosses yesterday, which is surprising because, but you look at the week before, all four goals in that game, Rotherham's goal and our three, were all from crosses. So that's one area where we can really up our game. And we put into camp rings for Naki's goal. Naki's cross that someone should have got in the box and turned in, but they didn't. Uh, is that, that because... There's a, there will be less people down there pretty soon. Well, there was yesterday. I know, And I know the game is on the red button. But there will be less people down there fairly soon because people are just sick and tired of it. But those are the three players we need. Now, if you're saying to me, well, how do we get them? I would think, well, we're going to have to trade or loan. So players like fringe players, so Chris Martin, uh, players like that, they... If you can get them out, even if it's only on loan, uh, until their contract expires at the end of the season and bring somebody else in on loan, that's absolutely fine. Um, if yeah. we can find we're apparently according to Kieran McGuire, uh, we're about 12 million inside financial fair play. So if Mr. Lansdowne could get the checkbook out and spend a, million, <coughs> a couple of million, uh, that would be very, very welcome even if that was only paying the wages of loan signings to to come into the club, I think.
0: And then, Ian, sorry you say that, but again, a question that I posed on Twitter last night, bearing in mind that he's just thrown a player under the bus that he paid handsomely for 18 months ago, £1.6 in the middle of the pandemic. was a lot of money for a player who barely had two seasons at Oxford. That's a lot of money. Do you trust Tinian? Well, it is Tinian now, isn't it? On player recruitment, but do you trust the manager's judgment in making best use of any money that happens to come his way? I I trust Brian. He talked about sorry, just before you say that, and he has talked in the press this week. uh, Richard Forrester ran a piece about the so-called maverick players, like he had a Jamie Vardy and somebody else at at, uh, Leicester. You know, do you see? Do you see him going out and signing players that can make a difference and decent players if he has any money?
1: Nigel, Nigel Pearson, I've got, based on the signings he's made already, I've got very little faith in. So if you want to mark out a 10, it would be a three or a four. Brian Tinian, um, based on listening to him and what he says, I think would probably be a seven, but we haven't seen what he can do yet. So it would be a seven. It wouldn't be any higher. Um, so I've got more faith uh, in Nigel uh, in in, in um, Brian Tinian uh, just purely in terms of, of Pearson's record you know we don't want any more Danny Simpson's um, you know accidents waiting to happen which is and I'm a big Nathan Baker fan but it wasn't uh, completely unpredictable that he would uh, spend a lot of time injured was it and in the end poor, no. poor lad poor no. lad's had to pack up but um there's so much more criticism now I would I would say that previously Twitter for example was a 50-50 place where you had 50% sticking up for Pearson uh, and you had 50% uh, criticizing him I would say it's more like 90-10 now and and the people that are sticking up for him are, are in some cases damning him with faint praise so back to the transfer window i unless something happens that i don't think will happen i.e., we sell a player for decent money um i don't think um that there'll be much movement in or out we might get uh, a loan or two but i i can't see it but you know, he doesn't like loans all, does he that can all do, well he's gonna have to like a minute and that's something else. But who's gonna tell him that who's gonna tell him that well, well, that's what the board are for. That's what a chief execs for.
0: That's what. Yeah, but the board. I mean, the board are conspicuous by their absence and lack of comment here, aren't they? Well, they
1: are. I mean, you don't want. You've got to be a bit careful with it. You, you, you... do you want a Darren McAntony type character in this down there? This, this in the press, flapping their guns every five minutes. Do you want that? Or do you want somebody who's more like David Gill was, for example, at Man United, who's in the background but still pulling all the strings?
0: Now, without doubt, a David Gill type, because you know he had no qualms in, you know, the biggest mistake Man United made was when they lost him, and then they met that let that other idiot who liked dabbling around in transfers and what have you, the ex-commercial guy from, uh, you know, he. That guy, I can't remember his name now, was it Woodward maybe or something like that, the guy who came in and he was the guy that a lot of people have put down the demise to Man United, the ex-Adidas executive who was there, you know, who saw off about three managers before he finally went himself. Said, no, we need a David Gill and the biggest loss City are going to suffer in the bloody transfer window is Richard Gould going because he is a sensible bloke. But I, 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 can you imagine John, well, John Lansdowne did it last season, didn't he? Yeah, I expect to be a better position than we were in. And he quickly got slapped down by the manager. But look, let me pose this question well, to you, Ian. Right, A so, manager
1: in Pearson's position shouldn't be able to slap anybody down above him to use your...
0: Yeah, but he is. That's the attitude. But that's the attitude. You know, they criticise, you know, he slaps his players down. He thinks he's in an unassailable position, yeah, because he said, well, sack me, but you're not going to get anybody in to do any better. Yeah. But- okay, well, let's call you up on that. Mate. But hang on. Mate. But let me ask you this question. Ian, sorry, Ian, let me ask you this question, right? We've got three games coming up. Let's say we lose to West Brom, get a draw at Millwall, highly unlikely on a cold Thursday night down in south-east London, and then lose to Coventry, which, you know, they were 3-0 up and got pegged back to 3 all yesterday. So we get one point from the next three games, and we go out to Swansea in the FA Cup uh, fortnight today yeah because that's when it is isn't it yeah fortnight is it fortnight today I, do you
1: know what three I weeks today I, I don't even know and I, I i much less care that's that's how no, I mean.
0: but three weeks today three weeks today we've picked up one point from three league games and we've gone out to uh swansea in the cup yeah and then we are the second week into the window yeah so our league position and fan engagement excitement level because a cup run always does perk everybody up Who remembers 73 74 i know you do it and when alan dix was struggling and the cup run when we beat uh what was it hereford hull Leeds, and then lost to liverpool in the uh in the quarterfinals, you know that kept dixie in a job that time right but in three weeks today or come three o'clock three weeks today we could be in the bottom three and out of the cup yeah um and we just carry on because things will get things are gonna turn round. Yeah, because then we'd have what would we have? We'd have twenty games left to get twenty four points. Because that's what we'd need to get fifty-two if we draw one of the next three only. Yeah. Do you think that might precipitate change? That's the question. Or not well, your question
1: overall is what will what will precipitate change? And unless we yes. start getting battered let's say we lost all those games four nil or five nil then i think
0: well that's not going to happen that won't oh, happen hang on
1: then you're asking me what would precipitate change in a roundabout way that would that would so steve lansdowne would then have to act and it is a case of him being forced to act because i don't think but for a minute that, that john would i just can't see john lansdowne in a room with nigel pearson sorry Nigel but you're losing your job it's not going well I just I just don't see that conversation I mean so so I had to read this I'll I'll read this one out and I won't do another one but a guy called Rich Cabern on Twitter has said Nigel becoming a deranged Howard Wilkinson uh, (laughs) carrot on a long stick but I mean I, I've forgotten all about Harold Wilkinson because he, he used to do that thing with the mad eyes, didn't he? You know, and Brian Orton was another one where he'd be interviewed and his eyes would be like like a homicidal maniac. You know, I don't think I've got mad screaming eyes, do you? Um, but no, I, I I can't see it. I I think they'd let him take us down unless things got got the way I just described, and I won't say it again. Um, I could, I could he they he will take us down they would let him take us down um and yeah. that as I've, as I've said plenty of times on this podcast and I, I'm saying it um, when I was having a, a, a discussion at the, at the dinner the other day uh, that would be a real put us in the same position
0: Financially, desi- Ian. Financially, oh. as bad as having another pandemic. Yes. Really? Well, it, it would
1: destroy us financially. Yeah, you know, you you.
0: But you know, Bournemouth went all the way down to the bottom of League Two, League Four back in the day, or League Three back in the day. Yeah, and they came back. Yeah, but they. So Bournemouth, you know, We've had eight seasons. Dave, we've had eight seasons. Bournemouth
1: were down there to start with, Dave you know we we've been there
0: yeah they were no, no they never yeah they you're right they never were out of the bottom uh, two divisions were they? we played them a few times in yeah League
1: don't one. don't don't forget our slalom from the, the we didn't go from bottom bottom to top we went from top division to bottom in consecutive seasons
0: yeah
1: and, and that is you know that that's what i remember that's what people remember um and please god that don't happen again because we genuinely cannot afford to go down we can't because in terms of what would that do to season ticket sales what would it do to ticket sales altogether? you're not going to get the away followings coming to ashton gate uh unless you're playing the bigger sides in that division who will probably be going up this season you know look at the sides if you think this season is difficult Look at the sides that are probably coming up from League One and look at the ones that are probably coming down from the Premier League. Oh, I know. And next I season's know. going to be way, way, way more difficult. And it's one of the biggest resets we've had to do in the history of Bristol City Football Club. It's, yeah. You know, we've we've got, OK, there's two players there that you would think we'd exercise if we haven't already exercised the options that that we will have. So you, you'd, uh, and ask Max O'Leary and Antoine Semenya. That yeah. leaves about, Bakes is already gone, so that leaves about 13 players that are going to be out of contract yeah. with the vast majority of them going. So let's say 10 of those go and three re-sign, and I think I'm being ambitious. Yeah. That's a massive reset. because It's okay saying, well, they're going and we're going to save all this money, and our wage bill needs to come down by about another £10 million a year. I know. So that, that's the situation we're in. But if we're in the the um, a Premier League side coming down gets fifty five 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 million pounds in as a parachute payment for a season, we will get nine million off in a solidarity payment and the TV money. So they're forty six million pound better off than us before a ball's kicked. Yeah. So. It, it that's going to make it difficult. The side's coming up from below. Let's say it's Ipswich, Sheffield,
0: Wednesday. Well, Ipswich, Sheffield, Wednesday and Derby. I'm just looking at the league table now, Here, yeah. Ipswich are on 45. Plymouth are top with 47. Ipswich, 45. Sheffield, Wednesday, 43. Barnsley are up there. Bolton are up there. But Derby are there on 34. Just snucked into um, uh, no, sixth place. Sheffield, Wednesday, Ipswich, Derby. They're, they're,
1: you would say they're probably bigger clubs than we are. Uh, yeah, I, I would. You know, Plymouth, probably you'd say Plymouth going well are about the same size. Um, and obviously living down this way, I, I see a, a lot of their, their games and they seem to be... They're, and they're playing some nice stuff as well. It's not all kick and run or anything yeah. like that.
0: And yeah. and then, as you say, look at the teams coming down. If you just take the bottom three teams coming down now from the prep, Forest, Southampton and Wolves.
1: Yeah, yeah. so you take my point
0: that, yeah, I do. Totally. All right, Ian. Um, let's uh, bring things to a close. It's been announced today that um, nothing to do with Bristol City. Just to finish with, it's been announced today that Gareth Southgate is going to stick with us to the end of uh, Euro twenty four. Are you uh, uh, excited at the prospect of uh, Gareth Wokegate uh, keeping in charge? Um, it's one of the. What, somebody asked me the other day, and I said, "Well, normally
1: I'll, I'll have I'll have an opinion." um on uh I'll have a I'll have I'll have <coughs> opinion on most things. I'll have, I'll have opinion on but, most things. But in terms of Gareth Southgate um I I I couldn't make up my mind that if he'd have if he'd have said right I'm going, I wouldn't have thought oh great or I wouldn't have thought oh God. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those. I was real fifty-fifty on it because if you look at his record, as 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 what he's done, so he's got us to a semi-final, a final, and then a quarter-final. And yeah. to use that well-worn phrase, we're about we're about where we are. That's where we are as yeah. as a country in the race. I don't take any notice of things like that in nations league because that's a Mickey Mouse competition. I put the under under yeah. twenty ones in that, uh, but. I and I don't, it's an unnecessary competition as well. But in terms of the world, the ones that count, the World Cup in the Euros, you you can't really criticize too much. All right, he hasn't won one, but hey, that's not unusual. Terry Venables didn't win one, should have done probably. Bobby Robson didn't win one, should have done. And the only guy that did win one was Sir Alf Ramsey. So it's not, you know, we go into this thing, we start, well, we expect to do it. And I said at the time, I thought if we beat France, that
0: we'd have gone, we'd all, have the gone all the
1: way. And, and let's, yeah. you know, based on the second half, we should have beat France.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you'd have backed us with our greater experience probably to have beat Morocco. So we'd have been talking about an England-Argentina final, which even if we'd have got there and lost it, you know, is it going to be Messi's final? I and mean, most of you are going to be listening to this after uh, uh, the event. And, uh, you know, I'm, I am rooting I am rooting for uh, Messi's team because I think it would be a fine uh, cap to his career. And he hasn't courted the controversy that uh, Cristiano has, you know, who um, seems to be using uh, Piers Morgan as his uh, PR advisor, judging by uh, his tantrums of late, spoiling a career. Anyway, um, Ian, Thank you for your contribution. Thanks to everybody's listening. Record uh, uh, for a few months, possibly a record live audience in total <clears throat> for this season uh, so far, which doesn't surprise me. It's a shame, really, that you know people want to hear us more after a defeat than uh, after a victory. As I say, this week sees uh, the fifth anniversary of the game against Man United, and that was uh, that was the big. Yeah, you know, we had such high hopes then. You know, it was you know beating Forest. It was on Boxing Day, and, and as somebody said on the feed on the broadcast today, the Wolves at home, and it's really, bar a few little glimmers, it's all gone downhill since then. So, uh, we on Forever Bristol City podcast wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Our match review of the West Brom game will probably do it. The day after Boxing Day, if we're available and what have you, uh, we'll certainly do a review of the uh, Luton game. May even do that on the night of the game because that's an evening kickoff. But uh, uh, Ian, you're ready for Christmas yourself, yes?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be it's, it's going to be a quiet one. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll do the Boxing Day game on the red button or something. I'm not really looking forward to uh, going to Ashton Gate because I think that's going to yeah. be a very tough game. Against West Brom,
0: yeah, I think you know.
1: I hopefully it's well attended, and please God we win. But um, you know, uh, but a merry Christmas to everybody. Thanks for listening. So we're not just talking to ourselves, and a very, very, <laughs> very, very, very happy New Year.
0: Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll be back uh, after the West Brom game, after the Luton game, after the Coventry game, and. uh, uh, where's where's Luton game coming <laughs> to? We'll be back after the Millwall oh, game yeah. and after the Coventry yeah. game. Yeah, All right. and uh, we won't be going to them. We'll be watching them. But there we go. All the best, everybody. Merry yeah, Christmas. God bless,
1: everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.